Hello everyone and welcome to another episode. I'm Cassandra and as always I'm just so grateful that you are here today for yet another show and this one is so so special. Caitlin Smith of Caitlin Curiosity comes on to share her beautiful experience of leaving a life of hustle and busyness and brick and mortar business for 160 acres of nature moving to a state that she had never been to moving into a cabin sight unseen and the most beautiful part of all is that she manifested all of it. This conversation just lit me up in so many ways because she just by speaking her truth and her experience taught me so much about my own. I as soon as I finish this intro I'm going to just run to my journal because I have so many thoughts and feelings and emotions running through my veins right now that I just need to get out. Um, from pen to paper and I really hope that listening to this episode does the same for you that it feels extremely expansive and not only do we talk about just following your intuition and that deep inner knowing um, of the kind of life that you want to build for yourself but we go into talking about owning a small business and all of the pains and beautiful beautiful nuggets that come along with that we talk about friendships and how um, sometimes it's best to just let them go and what that might look like we talk about Caitlin's relationship that she found out in nature with a a very amazing man. It was her first time opening up about it, and I'm so grateful that she decided to do that here on this platform. Um, it's a really, really beautiful story and just really speaks to her self-worth and her self-respect and how she's showing up differently in this relationship um, than she has in any of her other previous relationships. There are so many more things that she and I covered. This conversation just flowed so organically that it's a longer one that I normally post, but it would truly be depriving you guys if I cut anything out. So um, though it is long, I really, really, really encourage you to listen all the way through. Um, it's it's by far one of my favorites, and I'm just so grateful to Caitlin for being so vulnerable and authentic and just really showing parts of herself that, you know, to some can feel a little scary to do so. And I think it's people like this walking the planet that remind us and give us the permission that being vulnerable is really, really brave and it's, it's a huge part of the human experience. Before we transition into the episode, if you would just take 30 seconds to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel called to leave a review, um, I would just be so grateful. It, it really does mean the world and Again, Caitlin and I touch on this actually where your reviews and your ratings and your sharing of the show with friends um, friends and family or anyone that you think might benefit from the show is truly what lights us up and keeps us, keeps us going. It's really not the monetization or the financial abundance that comes from it. Truthfully, I don't have much financial abundance coming from this podcast. That's not why I do it those reviews that come through mean so much to me and really are the the guiding force behind my wanting to show up every day and just knowing that um, what I'm doing matters and that it's landing with you. So truly, thank you so much for just seeing me, for holding the space for me and for showing up here time and time again. 
it means everything. Okay, now is the time. Let's flow into today's episode with Caitlin Smith of Caitlin Curiosity. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked. Yeah, I was talking about it a little bit before we hit record that it feels sort of like this weird dream to have you on here because I've been following along with your journey for so long and ever since I heard you on Lacey Phillips podcast actually and um, as I started following along I was like I think we would be friends like I hate that you live all the way over there because like she is someone I would hang out with. I love that. Thank you. I love that social media has that aspect. Like when you, when you do show up as like your authentic self, that it has this ability to connect people that you would never find like in your own town, which is so beautiful. One of the, one of like the beautiful, I try and focus on like the beautiful things of social media. And I feel like that is one of them. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Also quickly, I have to tell you two things. One, thank you from the bottom of my soul for introducing me to everyday oil. I am legitimately <laughs> obsessed. I've gotten so many of my family and friends hooked on it. I like lather myself in it every it's day. It's so good. It's, it's so it's intoxicating. Like, oh, I, every day I put it on and I just like huff it in my hands. Cause it's like, it feels so good. It smells so good. I'm like, I, I, oh, I la- like lather dry brushing. Oh, no. If you do like a dry brush Ooh. and then put the oil on over your skin feels like a I'm baby. It's amazing. I'm going to do that tonight. Something else that I do that's really weird is that I'll like lather it all over myself and then I'll on purpose just go and like nuzzle my dog. So I'm like, I want you to smell like this now. I you know. love it. Um, and also I had your coconut butter and chamomile coffee from your coffee tonics recipes this morning and you are a genius. It is oh, so delicious. I'll link all of that in the show notes for everyone. But yeah, I'm a huge coffee lover and this has just taken it to a whole new level. And it's fun because I feel like I'm doing something extra good for my body while indulging in the caffeine. So, so totally. glad you created and that. Thank you. So happy. And I, I like chamomile was one of my favorite herbs and I just want it. And I love coffee too. And so I was like, why don't I just like try combining them and play around with it until it tastes yeah. yummy. And it's giving your body these benefits without having to spend a ton of money. Right. So I'm just it's so fun. I love that you love it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and making your own coconut butter. So I went to this, I had to go do a grocery run and I saw it and I was like, you know what? I can, I already have the coconut. Like I can do this myself and you were spot on. It is so good. It's so, so good. good. It's, it's so, so easy. easy. It's yeah. so easy. And you see it for sale for like, like 15 bucks and you're like, it's, it, it cost me like $2 to make at home yeah. and it's so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's something too that I just like really appreciate is that like, you know, you sell... Like this recipe book, for example, um, which is amazing, as you should, because, you know, you're putting in your work, your all this work into it. Um, but I really love how you focus on, you know, not steering people to, like, spend all of this money to, like, you know, make these complex recipes. Instead, you're like, well, here, you can make this from this, and it won't cost you anything, you know? So I just, I really appreciate and I value that you're sort of giving people the tools and the resources with what they already have or what's affordable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted, I felt like that was something that was really lacking in wellness sometimes Mm. is this feeling of accessibility. And so I really, and like I found wellness when I was a broke farmer. So I'm like, if I, if I can do this on any budget, I just want to share what I know to help Mm. others and never make people feel like they have to buy like a fancy adaptogen or like whatever it may be like this beauty. And some of these products are so beautiful, but I'm like, I really want to help everyone on every level, no matter where 
where you're at. Yeah. Just start and it, and like the coffee tonics are so fun because once you kind of get the base recipe down, you can start experimenting with like, ooh, I right. have this in my cabinet and I have that in my cabinet, and yeah. it becomes this like really beautiful experience instead of just like waking up, grabbing coffee, doing the next thing. It's like yeah. a really conscious experience in the morning, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. So I know we kind of already started the interview, but I like to start off um, interviews like this by painting a picture for the listeners. So with that being said, could you tell us where you are in this moment and what life is looking like for you right now? I can. So I have officially, almost officially, been in a small town of Oregon, in Northeast Oregon, for almost a year now. And a year ago, I was a Phoenix native. I lived there for 29 years, and I lived in a really cool studio apartment downtown and was everything I had wanted at one point. And I realized I was really unhappy and really drained, and the energy of this city just felt like a lot. And I kept getting this that I needed to be in nature and I have no idea what that looked like or where it would be and I I just it's so crazy because it was coming to me in meditations this place it was like little bits and pieces and it was horses and it was well water and it was a creek and it was Mm -hmm. It's, it was a cabin. And so I would just like write everything down that would come to me. And I was just putting it out in the universe until I felt like I was totally burnt out from the city. And I put it out there that I was like, okay, I'm ready to move. I'm totally open to wherever that may be. I was working from home. So I had the freedom to live wherever. And I, after like a month and a half of looking, I found the cabin of my dreams in a mountain town of like 200 people in Oregon. I had never been there. I couldn't just like get up and go see it. So I just, I talked to the landlord who he built this cabin himself. It's incredibly built on this beautiful property of 160 acres. And literally like this morning I'm walking down, there's a river that runs through the property. There's, there's a bald eagle nest that I'm like staring up at. It's, insane we have 10 horses on the property and shaman. they're just so oh shaman i love that horse <laughs> he's the most beautiful horse Seriously. and he only has one eye and it's like the craziest story about him and their story but it's the most magical place and so when i started creating meditate i just recently started creating mm. guided meditations and i really wanted to bring people here on the ranch and experience mm. the sunshine and the wind and the nature and the river and the horses and so i just feel so lucky especially especially these days that i'm out here and this is the place i get to call home and recharge and it's been so healing and beautiful and i love that social media has been a platform to be mm-hmm. able to share this magical place with everyone and especially those who are in a city or maybe in a little apartment or want to move to nature, especially women, especially women who want to do it on their own. Mm -hmm. I just, I want to share, share, share as much as I can. So this dream cabin in nature. So first of all, you guys, if you don't follow Caitlin on Instagram, you're going to want to do that. Not just for her inspiring way of living, but because I swear to God, this horse, like, I don't know why when you like post stuff about, Shaman, I get, like, chills from head to toe. Like, and I'm not not a horse person. I love animals, but, like, I don't have much experience with them. But holy uh-huh. shit, he's, like, so majestic. <laughs> um, but more than that, I know this is something that you talked about on Lacey Phillips' podcast, and I thought this story was so expansive. And I'm wondering if you would be open to kind of diving in how you manifested this home, how it started from meditation and how you were able to bring that to fruition. Can you give us some backstory on that? 
Yeah, I can definitely. So it was, <clears throat> it's, it's really interesting looking, especially being like a year into the journey now, looking back at really how it all came together. And it was bits and pieces of first kind of starting out where we had spent a weekend at her forest retreat house. And that was, I had kept getting these, this pull that I wanted to live in nature. And then after spending a weekend there, it was like the first time I came back to my apartment downtown in Phoenix. And I just, it was a knowing, it was like, okay, I'm ready to live Mm -hmm. in nature and I'm ready. I have no idea what that looks like. And so again, it was just going through meditations, writing down anything that would come up. And I would also write down any little signs I would get during like my conscious day. So I'd be watching um, like big little lies. And so I was like, Ooh, big Sur is really beautiful. I wonder Mm. if it's somewhere there. So like big Sur was somewhere I started, I kind of looked on the coast of like Northern California at first, Mm. because I would just write down any place that would kind of grab my attention and write it down on my list. And for those who are interested in human design too, I'm a non-specific manifester. So it kind of, for me, it always comes from a feeling. I just have this feeling. It's not from a logical intellectual, like I didn't sit down with pen and paper and think like, what would I want? What do I need? Like mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. It was just, it would come randomly during a meditation or in my day-to-day life. And it wouldn't make sense. Like horses didn't make any fucking sense to me. Cause like mm-hmm. I had never been around horses. Yeah. I always respected them because they're so big and beautiful and I loved their energy, but I'd never been around horses, but for whatever reason, they kept coming up for me. And now you're feeding them every morning. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm feeding them every day. And now I'm like, oh, this is why I needed to be around horses because they're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would just kind of listen to whatever, whatever intuition or whatever was guiding me and write this down. And when I really felt ready, my lease downtown was coming to an end. And I think I had about three months left. And so I was like, this feels like a good time to start looking since I had no idea. That's always the question I get too, is like, where did you, how did you know where to start? It was like, Mm -hmm. I did it. I just, I literally started looking on Zillow rentals. Mm -hmm. I looked, I started with Northern California and I realized that it was really expensive and I wasn't attached to a place. That's always something I recommend too, is like, don't, don't get so attached to like Montana or Oregon or that like whatever state or city it may be kind of be open. If it, at least for me, I, I had this feeling of where I wanted to live and I wasn't attached to, it had to be California. So I started looking up the coast and then that went into like the Oregon coast. And then I looked around Portland and then I looked around like central Oregon. And I did that for about a month and a half. And you get to the point where you start to question like, is this list fucking crazy? Am I asking for too much? Mm -hmm. And I like to be transparent about my budget too, because it was small. Like I had, I I really didn't want to spend more than like 1500 a month. And so I was like anywhere from like 12 to 1500 a month would be great. And I was starting to feel like I was asking for too much with the list I had and the budget I had. And that's where I get stuck when I make a list. I'm like, this is insane. I, yeah. This doesn't exist. That's, and then I just throw the list away. So this is super expansive for me to hear this too. Yeah. And so I, you have those moments and they just kind of come and go. You honor them and they come up. And there's days where it was like, I'm never going to find this place. Mm-hmm. And there was days where I was really excited about it. And I just kept looking, didn't get obsessive about it. Didn't get really attached to it. I knew I, I just had this knowing that if, it was going to come through. It was going to come through. And like, if it didn't, then it just wasn't the time. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really important too, especially when we're doing any kind of, 
manifestation work, there's sometimes there can be such an attachment to like the outcome almost. And now realizing it because like partnership and this home and career, especially these big things don't come all at once, especially. So it kind of comes in stages right at the exact time. And it kind of does it in the way that you need. And so finally, one night by total accident, I clicked on like the Northeast part of the map on Zillow rentals in Oregon. And there was one there was one rental in this tiny town listed for rent and it was a thousand dollars a month and it just took my breath away. It was everything I had wanted, what I felt like I wanted to a T. And so I immediately reached out to the landlord and what else I always like to share is like, it said that they weren't accepting pets and I have two dogs. And I was like, I just feel like this is the, like I just knew in my gut. And that's another like generator Mm -hmm. thing. I'm a generator in human design. So I just knew. And so I reached out to him. I was really transparent. I had the two dogs and he was like, that's okay. Send over pictures. We'll talk on the phone. And when we talked on the phone the next day, he was like, it has um, a creek that runs to the back. It's on a river. It has horses. It has well water. It It was literally like beyond the pictures that I saw. I'm like, oh, it freaked me out how much to a T it was the place I was envisioning myself during every meditation. Mm. And that's when I was like, it's, this is just meant to be, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And so, uh, we went ahead with it. He said, yes, I said, yes, I signed the lease without ever seeing it in person without even, I've never even been to Oregon. That's the craziest (laughs) part that I love so much. Like that's truly trusting your intuition there. Yeah. Yeah. I was single. There was always like that, like there, but that wasn't ever a thing on my mind of like, will I find someone or won't I find someone? Mm-hmm. It was just, I didn't, I got to this point where, cause I had been single, like consciously single for a year. And I got to this point where I was like, I'm not going to wait for a partner to start living the life that I am like dreaming of. So if I want to move to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, then fuck it. I'm going to move to a cabin yes. in the middle of nowhere. Like, yes. I'll meet someone or I won't meet someone who cares, but that's what fulfills me. So mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. And, and so, yeah, like, a, um, a few weeks later, I packed up everything I could in like my tiny little hatchback. Cause I didn't want to bring a ton of stuff mm-hmm. and whatever didn't fit, didn't fit. And I've never missed anything. Everyone always asked that. Cause I was like, I didn't miss anything. And like, I love simplifying my life like that too. Like whatever fit was meant to go, whatever didn't was meant to be donated or thrown away. So I packed up my dogs. We did the drive. We came out here, and it's been Ugh. the most magical experience. That's ever so since. amazing. So, and that's like the thing too is that you know it's not like you are in this place where there's nothing accessible to you. You know, it's like you can get your bed and still have that delivered. <laughs> like those little tedious details that I think a lot of times can stop people from moving forward. Like little things like that. So, um, what? So, what would you tell people if? they're kind of stuck on like feeling like they want to make a change, but they don't exactly know what that is. You said meditation was really huge for you. So is that what you would recommend for anyone else who's looking? Actually, you offer those sessions, which we're, we're, we're totally going to get into later, but talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So on like a subconscious level, meditation is great because it kind of gives you a way to turn off that thinking mind that wants to control everything. Mm -hmm. And then those fearful thoughts come up. That's a beautiful way to just kind of let yourself dream. And where does your mind go when you go to that place? And that was always like the question I would ask myself. And I would, again, write down anything. And then on like a conscious level, it's really, really, really 
being present in the moment to see what things are lighting you up or what's Mm -hmm. exciting you or what you're drawn to or what accounts are you following on social media. It's kind of those things that like you're not, you're just kind of doing without really realizing, just starting to make note of that, of like, oh, I see a pattern there that I'm like really interested in this place or this kind of climate or whatever it may be. And just, I mean, yeah, just bringing a sense of like presence to your everyday life instead of, and I I feel like especially now we're being gifted all this time if we can if for some of us if we have mm-hmm. that privilege and we have this time and and Netflix is great and like fun and entertainment but like it's also such a beautiful time to really reflect and grow through this and go inward and get to know yourself deeper and yeah. be more present in your everyday life so that's that's the two things I would recommend that's amazing. I love the uh, social media thing too because that is such an intuitive thing that we tend to do just like click that follow button without a ton of thoughts, more of a feeling. It's like mm-hmm, totally exactly. energetic. I love that. That makes me want to go and like scroll through and see what the <laughs> pattern is. Um, so what were some of your fears around this move? What was showing up for you? Because we all know that any sort of change can come with fears too, whether they're big or small. Were there any like things that were kind of boiling up for you or did you just like full heartedly trust this process with really no reservation? I... I didn't have any fear until the moment I got here and like Google Maps had taken me to the wrong place. And I had that instant of feeling like, oh my God, this was too good to be true. I got scammed. Like it doesn't exist. Oh, no. <laughs> but then like I eventually found out that because like, it's such a small town and it's like on a dirt road that like it just had taken me to the wrong place. Uh. But it, I always, I get that question so much of how, how I trusted it and how I didn't. I didn't have fears. And one thing I would always kind of talk through myself, because I was someone that struggled a lot with anxiety, but for Mm -hmm. this process, it was so, there was just so much trust in knowing that this is where I was supposed to be. And and it was like, at the end of the day, the worst case scenario would be, I just didn't like it and I can Mm -hmm. move back and that's it. And like, maybe that's a failure in some people's eyes, but like really it's never a failure because I would have had some kind of experience out here. I would have learned, I would have grown in some way. So I always say that it's like worst cases, it just doesn't resonate for you. Or maybe it wasn't the place you envisioned Mm -hmm. and you still had this beautiful experience. You still had lessons from it and you can either move back to where you came from or move to the next thing or what, like just go to the next thing. It's like, well, just grow and evolve from it. Yeah. It's more insight and more information for you to take to the next adventure. Yeah. That's so true. Absolutely. Have there been moments of loneliness? And if so, how do you combat that when it arises? I know for me, so I live in the city now. I've almost always lived in the city uh, for my adult life. But um, if I'm feeling lonely sometimes, all it takes is for me to just like walk down the street and go to a coffee shop. And within minutes, you know, I'm surrounded by people and other people's energy. So I'd love to hear how you go about um, that sort of issue, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, living remote. It's <laughs> for me. So what's crazy is I always felt so much lonelier in a mm. city, in a big city that to me was much more of a lonely feeling because sure. I'm an introvert and I'm a cancer son. And so I love, and I thrive off of being alone and it feels really recharging for me. Mm-hmm. And in a city, it almost felt like a lot more shameful because everyone was like going out to eat and bars and and, like drinking or, or hanging out together, all this social time. And for me, that can be really, really draining. And so for here, it, when I got here, it felt like for the first time in my life, it was like accepted and, and like 
okay for me to be alone. And that felt so good. And there are, there are, there were moments in, I guess, in the beginning where, where if anything for me, I was like a little nervous because I was so comfortable being alone. And I kind of, (laughs) it scared me. I was like, this doesn't seem healthy, but I love, like, I love this such a long time. So I, I got like a little small part-time job, um, in this, in the bigger city so I could like have human interaction. And it was so funny because instantly, I was drained and I felt exhausted and it goes back to like that generator thing in human design. It was like my battery felt so drained being around people and having to have like, I hate small talk. So having like small talk conversation and I just, I love working from home. I love being alone. I love being, and I guess in, in nature and being around the animals, like I never actually truly feel like I'm alone, but I, I always, I love your tidbit of like going to a coffee shop and just being like surrounded by the energy of people I think is beautiful. And I think Mm -hmm. that's such a great example of how to kind of recharge that, that Mm -hmm. battery without kind of feeling alone. But I always invite, like, I know there's my dad's an example right now of like, he's really struggling with like quarantine because he, he has a hard time being alone. And so I've just trying, I've been encouraging him to kind of sit with that and kind of go a little bit deeper into Mm -hmm. like, why does it feel scary for you to be alone? Like mm-hmm. just kind of exploring that if there is any shame or, or fear around the loneliness or being alone, I wouldn't say, cause being alone to me isn't lonely. It's like yeah. amazing. And it's a sweet <laughs> now that spot. I have a partner, I'm like trying to balance out the, the yeah. love of that all yeah. the time, but <laughs> just kind of exploring why it may feel lonely to you and like what yeah. you are seeking and how much of that you can give to yourself without feeling like, you need other people to kind of fulfill that for you. Mm, yeah, because there's a difference between, like like you said, like needing that to be f- filled by someone else and choosing, you know, mm-hmm. to have it be filled by someone else. Because, I mean, I'm a projector in human design, and so um, I'm very sensitive to other people's energies. Mm. It's pretty much, like, what I take on. And so kind of the same as you, like, I prefer to be, you know, by myself or one-on-one with people rather than like big groups. And so, yeah, like it's a, it's a quick hit for me, like being able to like, like we said, go to the coffee shop and then I'm like, that was good. Or like, you know, a dinner with a friend and then I'm like, that was good. I'm going to go home now and be by myself. So yeah, I feel that so much. And for anyone who's listening, who's struggling with being by themselves, I think Caitlin kind of nailed it there. Just try and sit with that and maybe do some meditation and some journaling and just try and discover what it is that's coming up for you. Cause obviously there's no judgment in, in that kind of self work. It's, it's yours and it's private. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and I know, especially we're going through such a sensitive time right now where we can't, there's a lot of people missing like the human connection and we can't really have it right now because we're quarantined. So just right. if you communicating to a friend or someone you trust or a loved one, like I'm feeling down today, like I'm feeling really bummed down. I'm feeling really anxious and just, just picking up the phone, whether it's like a FaceTime or a phone call or a voice note. I love voice notes and just reaching out to someone that you care about or you trust to kind of share those feelings because you are not alone right now in those feelings whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because we just talked a lot about, you know, your move and your transition into nature, I just wanted to sneak in and say to all of you guys that Caitlin has a digital offering on her website called Moving Into Nature, which takes you through the steps on how to create your own authentic individual roadmap. So um, 
because she's an amazing human being, she's offering <laughs> all of her digital courses and um, I guess like the Coffee Tonics recipe book as well for $9 right now until all of this settles down. And it's the code is take care, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll include that in the, in the links too. But um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget to plug that because it's really, really impactful work. Um, so I can't think of a better way to phrase this question, so I'm just going to ask it straight, but what are the biggest differences that you've seen and felt between Phoenix City Caitlin and Oregon Nature Caitlin? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Phoenix City Caitlin. I feel like, mm, so for me, God, Phoenix Caitlin and City Caitlin, it was such a time of self-discovery and finding out who I was and how I wanted to express myself. And I kept myself small in like a Mm. lot of relationships when I dated there and like the guys that I dated. And it was, it was just a lot of self-discovery and feeling a lot of shame for who I was or not quite understanding that. And, and then God, being in nature in a cabin is just, it feels like my, it's my most aligned self. I just am so, I just feel like I'm home. It just, it's so wild because I grew up in Arizona. So I was there for 29 years and being here, I gave myself a year. I was like, I think I'm going to stay there for a year. And as soon as I got here, I'm like, this is, this is home. It just feels like my soul is so happy and aligned here. And even the way I've entered this new, um, dating experience, it's just been, I've just consciously communicated everything from like the most authentic place when before I would be, I would want to make people happy and people Mm -hmm. please. And here it's just like, this is who I am. And I'm so accepting of that. And if someone else doesn't accept it, that's okay. And Mm -hmm. they're not for me. And it's, I, I just feel so in alignment and it feels really good, especially coming from years of never feeling like that, where I'm yeah. like, who am I? What am I here to do? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Making everyone else happy. And yeah. it's, it's really, really, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Being surrounded by nature can be, while it's really beautiful, it can also be super intense for our <sighs> consciousness and inner selves. I lived in Northern Michigan for like half of a year surrounded by just like acres and deer and not much else. And that is where shit got real. (laughs) Like it was so peaceful, but it was also a time of like super deep reflection and inner dialogue. That is where I like really tapped into my spirituality and it was like so overwhelming and it just couldn't be ignored. Like that short bout in nature though, like country living isn't really for me authentically. It was such a beautiful time to recognize that, you know, the stillness and the quiet and like not having much distraction is such a catalyst for really being able to go in. So what are some things that um, if you could pinpoint what nature specifically has taught you? Mm, yeah, mm, that's a good question. I love that. And I love that you honor that it wasn't authentic to you and mm-hmm. wasn't like your true soul desire. Cause I always try and 
I like in the moving to nature workshop, I I make a a big effort to be very transparent that this is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like there's, I post beautiful pictures and these amazing experiences online, but I want to be fully transparent. Like it's not for everyone and that's okay. But it is so my gosh, it's been the most. And I had a feeling about that before I moved that I knew no matter what, this was going to be like a deeply intense experience. And Mm -hmm. I will say having experienced my first winter especially was uh like a mind fuck for lack of a better term it was yeah living off of propane and yeah oh my god I've never like everyone had warned me prior like because I was like it's so magical it's amazing out here and I just wait till winter and I'm like but I love inward time but it is inward in a way that I can't even describe and so that to me was the most transformative time because you're especially being surrounded by nature you're so sensitive to every like Mm -hmm. the the actual seasonal shifts and Mm -hmm. I felt like that was such that was such a beautiful time like winter because it really was reflective of like the seasons we go through as individuals and as humans and sometimes we forget that and and at least for me sometimes I have a hard time dealing with those more turbulent times or those inward times or those reflective times and and winter is such a beautiful mirror of of our human experience of like there's spring and there's summer and there's fall and then there's the winter where it's just going inward who I'm trying I have to like tap back into that because I was like celebrating that it was over because it was it's just intense it's really really intense and the energy of just the community shifts and that was before all of this happened too so like no one's really out everyone's indoors Um, it's a lot of reading and growing and reflecting. I feel like it's very, very on par with what we're kind of experiencing now, Mm -hmm. just having to spend so much time in our own spaces and, and navigating numbing techniques, like, like too much Netflix or reality TV or whatever it may be, or emotional eating or emotional baking. And that was, winter was really the time for me where it was like, I really got to see any old triggers or wounds kind of come to the service and navigating all of that. Mm. Yeah. Big stuff. (laughs) How have your, yeah, no kidding. How have your relationships with, I mean, either with your family or your friends back home shifted or changed since you've kind of moved to this, not even just a new place that's very remote, but just like a new lifestyle. Mm. It and has, and now that you're now that you're Oregon Caitlin, you know, I think that can be hard too when like you kind of shift with a new phase of life and a new adventure. Like relationships tend to not always know how to change alongside you. No, it's true. So with like friends, it really was it really was a growing period because right before I left, I was kind of shutting any kind of friendships that had a feeling of codependency or that would have kept me there or just weren't where I felt small and I had to speak my truth and they didn't want to accept that or hear that. And so I had to shed those before I left. And then uh, the closer, the other closer friends that I have, it's really interesting because I had a group of like three other girlfriends that all moved like a month after I left. So it's been really kind of beautiful getting to connect with them and the newer versions of them. And Mm. some of them struggle a little bit with the move and others are really accepting of it. And that's been really cool. And then with my family, I feel like it's gotten, we've always had like um, a rockier relationship. So 
for, for me, this feels like the healthiest relationship I've had with my family, having the space mm-hmm. and having this deeper acceptance of myself. And then also having that deeper acceptance of myself allows me to really accept and love them exactly as they are as, and not just in the role of my parents, my mom, my dad, my brother, it's just seeing them for who they are outside of that role and mm. accepting and loving that and getting to connect with them as just like human Humans. to human yeah. has been really, really incredible. So it's been, it's been amazing. And I've had a few visitors that have come out, which has been nice. And I love that I get to share that with them. And, but really the space has been really beneficial. Yeah. Sometimes that's so true. Yeah. Can you touch on, um, this is something that I have, you know, readers of the blog and listeners of the podcast ask me somewhat frequently, and I've given like my viewpoint on this, but I would be really curious to hear how you would recommend or suggest shedding those friendships that maybe whether they're toxic or they're just not energy energetically correct for you. How did you go about that? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of fear around that. You know, it's the people pleasing thing that comes into play or that it, it has to like look or feel malicious. That's not always true. Exactly. It's for me, it was, it was terrifying because I was such a people pleaser and I kind of would shape shift to to the role that someone would want me to play. And what ends up happening is you end up becoming really unhappy because someone never sees you for who you are because you've never really presented them like who you are. And so for me, it just got to a point where I was really unhappy and I knew that I was keeping myself small and I knew that our friendships in order to keep being friends, I kind of had to keep playing that role. And I felt like I grew outside of that role and I wasn't being supported. And the biggest tip I would give and is to just speak your truth as consciously and as loving as you can. And after that, it's not in your hands. Now, mm-hmm. how they react, how they treat you. Um, some of the conversations I had were really loving and accepting, and a lot of them... So, we got interrupted there for a second because technology. <laughs> but yeah, we were just talking about um, your friendships and how some of the conversations were really loving. Mm-hmm. And then maybe okay, some were more difficult. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, some of them are going to be loving. Some of them are going to be some of them are going to be hurt and they're going to want to hurt you perhaps. Mm -hmm. At least that was my case where it was, they were trying to hurt me because they felt hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end, the end of the day, and it's still, it's still really painful for me. Like that was always, especially coming from like a people pleasing background of knowing that I hurt someone, even though my intention was to lovingly have this conversation, to speak my truth, to advocate for myself it, it still pains me that I hurt someone else because that's never my intention. And just it's um, it's hard and it gets easier with time. And just know that if you're doing it from I th- I believe that if you're doing it from this loving place mm-hmm. that that there's I mean, there's nothing else. It's out of your hands at that point, how they react. And just mm-hmm. if there's some people that want to grow with you and there's others mm-hmm. who won't. And so just kind of honoring that this is all a part of your journey. And if they don't want to be a part of it anymore, then that's, it's okay. It's it's okay. And you'll meet people that will be your people and will support you and will want to see you for you and stand by you and grow with you and have those hard conversations. Cause some people don't want to have those conversations mm-hmm. and it is a parent. And it's mm-hmm. like, it almost makes it even more clear. Like, okay, we are yeah. clearly, we have grown two separate ways. Like any relationship, it's like even a romantic relationship, it's, it's the same thing of like, we've just grown apart and we're, mm-hmm we're on our two separate paths at this point but it is really painful and just just mourning that and allowing yourself to feel that and 
and just advocating for yourself is so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is sponsored by the Anchor app. This app has truly changed my podcasting flow in a multitude of ways, as I'm now able to record more often due to it being a one-stop shop for recording, editing, distributing, and sponsorships. This app is completely free, which is pretty unheard of in the podcasting world, as majority of hosting platforms require a storage fee. So not only is the app free and incredibly easy to use, but it helps to match you with brands that you as the host believe in and want to support and so that you can get paid to podcast. I'm so grateful to have been introduced to this platform as I've literally gotten hours of my life back just by switching to Anchor, which took all of one minute to do. This is an amazing place to start if you're interested in creating a podcast of your own. You can find them at anchor.fm forward slash start to join myself and so many others in the podcast movement. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. Thank you so much, Anchor, for supporting this episode and for changing the podcasting game for the better. So speaking of romantic relationships, um, (laughs) so living in a tiny town, you found what seems to be, you know, as far as I can tell on Instagram, just a really beautiful partnership with someone. So this defies the odds. I'm doing that in quotes, you know, for those who think that it's impossible to move to a small town and meet someone. So are you open to sharing this story? I am. You guys can't see her face, but she's like ear to ear, like looking down, (laughs) written all over your face. (laughs) this is the first time I'm really sharing it because I really keep like my private stuff so private but I want to be expansive to anyone who's especially women because that's the single number one question I get out here is like weren't you worried about being alone weren't you scared to do it alone and um didn't you think about dating before you went and (laughs) I uh, (laughs) it's just so wild so when I moved here, I it's a really tiny town of like 200 people. So there, it's it never. I never had the mindset that I couldn't date out here. I just what I just knew, it just wasn't on my radar. Of like I want to, I I am fully living my life for me. I want to mm-hmm. move. I'm going to do the best thing for my dogs and me. And that was all I was thinking of. And I was also consciously single for a year. And there's only so, there's so much growing and learning that you do in that time. And it's so beautiful, but you'll get to a point, you get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to take this out in the real world. And like, I'm start almost there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's when all this, all the shit starts happening. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, I thought I healed from all of these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> clearly we're being tested again. <laughs> so <laughs> I moved out here and on our ranch there, it's 160 acres. And so there's two other properties besides mine and we're fairly spaced out and so in one of the houses is like a young family and then down by the river in a yurt is Mm-mm. this <laughs> is, is my now boyfriend so when I moved here on like the second or third day I was here and I was moving in he had come up to meet me and as soon as I met him like my 
I just know, like, I'm not, I, I just knew I had this known. I was like, Oh, Caitlin, like I was really attracted to him. There was something, but not on like a physical way. I'm very physically attracted to him, but it was more on like this soul level of like my soul recognized his soul to like, mm. as a lack of a better, I don't know how else to describe it, but I like, wasn't ready to date yet. I was like, I had just moved there. I wasn't just going to like start dating. Mm. I was also like, don't shit where you eat. Like you both live on the same property. Yeah. Like you probably, I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, we just got to know each other over the few months. And it's really funny because I would, he would always ask me to hang out. He's also a manifester in human design. So he is the one that's like, like it's good for him to initiate. And so Mm -hmm. he would always ask me to hang out. And because I knew I I was like, I knew I had a crush on him. I was like, no, no. And so I'd always reject him, but he would like keep trying. And it's really funny uh, looking back now. He's like, he's like, I I didn't think you were into me whatsoever. And I'm like, I was, but I was trying to push you away. (laughs) (laughs) So I finally got to a point after like four months of living out here where I was like, okay, I'm fine. I feel settled in. I'm ready to date. And so I was, um, I just kind of put it out there that I was ready in the same way that I put it out there that I was ready to move to nature. It's just this knowing where I kind of get to this place and I can intuitively feel, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And so I opened that up and it's so funny because as soon as I did, that's when I had the part-time job in town and um, men started asking me out and men started hitting on me. And before that, it was like, I hadn't, like I was invisible almost like no Mm. one. It's so crazy how, when we make those shifts, how people can start appearing to you and you appear to them. And so I, that was also because I was such a people pleaser in the past. I would say yes to guys like, well, maybe, maybe he's nice or maybe this, but I, so I practiced saying no to men that I wasn't interested in. And that was like a big deal for me. So I, um, would do that. And then my boyfriend, my now boyfriend, his name is Daniel. So Daniel and I would, were hanging out and we had this friendship and, it was right after I had said I was ready to date. That's when I really started like realizing I had deep feelings for him besides our friendship. And so I also, an old pattern of mine is I was always someone who was like, if a man wants me, he needs to be in his masculine and he needs to go after me and pursue me. And I would never pursue a guy, but Daniel was very respectful. And so he never wanted it to be awkward on the ranch. So he never wanted to cross that line. So I was the one who initiated that. I was like, Hey, I have feelings for you. I don't know if you have them back for me, but I'm just Mm -hmm. letting you know. And Mm -hmm. so that was something I would have never done before in the past. A different way of advocating for yourself too. Like, (laughs) I don't want to just like hang on to these feelings anymore. I'm going to like deliver them to you and if you don't have them back no worries oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) but he did have them back and so (laughs) we we just like it slowly but surely just like it we would just spend time together and then it like became romantic and it's now been six months since we've been Mm. dating and he's just it's the healthiest partnership that I've ever been in where I I never, I was always someone that would, like, I've been in an abusive relationship before that was emotionally and physically abusive. So I, I would always have that mindset of like wanting to make the other person happy, never advocating for myself, never sharing my feelings when I, and I'm, I think I said, I'm a cancer son, so I'm very sensitive and I would feel shameful for being sensitive. And with this, I was always like, if I'm going to do this, I'm, and that's how I always approached it with him is like, I'm going to do this differently. And I'm going to do this in the most aligned way, because if I want a healthy partnership, like I have to show up for me in this. And if he rejects that, then that's, he's not for me. He's not for me. And so from like the first month of, he's also, 
he's a Romanian immigrant, so his first language oh, wow. isn't English, and his his um, he's very blunt and very honest, and sometimes I'm very sensitive to that, and so immediately as we started dating, I would communicate, like, hey, that thing you said, made, this is how it made me feel, and he would listen and apologize and take responsibility, and we really have grown to to honor the other person's communication style and respect it, and I've never had that before, but I've also never showed up for myself before, so it's really been the most beautiful partnership and I feel so grateful. And it's just, it's so funny. Cause like when I talk about him too, like he has his master's in poetry, but he's like basically a lumberjack by day. So he's like this beautiful balance of like, like Ernest Hemingway <laughs> over there. Like this man, man who like, like reads it's poetry. So, it's like, people I've had people ask me like are you gonna write a book about this kind of stuff because it like doesn't sound real sometimes it's like who are you (laughs) but also you know as you were talking it was just one of those things and I'm gonna go back to something really small that you said too but it's just like it all stemmed from you making a decision that came from deep alignment and reflection and inner knowing you made that decision to move right and then you were like why horses like I'm not even familiar with them, but horses are one of the most intuitive animals on this planet. And that also, like, when you said that, I was like, yeah, but, like, you are so deeply intuitive. That is, like, not lost on me that you would feel called to be around this specific kind of animal. That makes sense. And then, like, meeting a man who is, like, very respectful and open to, like, just who you are as you are. It just kind of all is like this like flow, you know? So like anyone listening, I don't, I really hope that your reaction isn't like, this is just too good to be true. Are you going to write a book? It's like, it's more like, no, like this is everyone's birthright. And like you got here, not just by coincidence, you got here by doing some really grueling work that we talked about is not always pretty. um, And, you know, really grew that muscle to be able to advocate for yourself. And that is where like, real beauty of life comes from it's not just like given to you um yeah so I just want to acknowledge that you worked really hard to get where you are thank you thank you and it's I always try and I always 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 want to like when I'm working one-on-one with a client especially women it's it it really is when you are so in alignment and and you do that work things it flows into your life I wouldn't say effortlessly because there is a lot of effort behind that that goes into it but it just you start to get into this flow where things come to you and exactly at the right times like it wasn't I feel like again like sometimes we we want like we want all the things at once we want the mm-hmm. career we want the relationship and we want the the dream home all at once and it's like it, it's always going to be given to you in stages at exactly the time that you need it like I couldn't have met him if I didn't have moved out here and like my career came after it was like it's all been a flow of like it wasn't all at once it wasn't overwhelming it was I was ready for the next thing then I was ready for the next thing and that's exactly when it came in so just having that grace and patience that you're learning everything you're learning right now for a reason for the next thing and just having patience with that process. And you're unlearning a lot of things yes, too. Yeah. yeah, like the unblocking and yeah, that's so true. What would you tell someone who feels like that feeling of um, overwhelm or like feeling scattered as far as like trying to live a life in flow, but let's take someone who just like has this like deep desire to strip things down and just make life simple, which is very, very appealing. That feels like a good example because I feel like a lot of people are kind of after that like internal feeling of simplicity. So what would you tell someone who just doesn't even know where to start? Like their brain is just like going, going, going and 
Um, yeah, I don't know if that's like a well-phrased uh, question, but. No, it, it is. Um, the, fir- the thing that's been the most influential for me and getting clear on what works best for me has really been human design. And I know you mm. just had a human design podcast that yeah. everyone should go listen to because that has been the biggest game changer for me to understand and honor what truly works best for me, not someone else's rules, not someone else's program, not someone else's whatever. It's like, this is what works best for you, Caitlin. And really tuning into that. That's such a beautiful place to start. I feel like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're not familiar with human design, just learning your human design type. So for me, it's a generator. So it's following those things that light me up. And that's like a simple exercise of taking inventory of, of things in my life. Even before the move, I started with what was in my apartment, what physical objects are in my apartment. Does this light me up? Does this not light me up? And it was like just simple exercises like that to, to declutter and to simplify will start to get you in, in that flow. I think we kind of, sometimes we get, yeah, we get overwhelmed because we like want to make these big drastic changes and moves. And it's like just starting with those little steps to like, just throw things out that aren't in alignment with you anymore. A simple practice like that. Mm. And what is, is in just bringing, or like bringing consciousness to like, for me, even like creating content, it was like, I I would get so in my head of like, what am I here to do? What are my skills? And I would just go, 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 go. And instead it was like, I just simplified like what lights me up. And it was like coffee tonics and living in nature. It was like, it's so simple. And then it's like, okay, create a workshop around Mm -hmm. that thing that lights you up. And if Mm -hmm. it resonates, it resonates. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's so wild that anytime, almost anytime I do something that's out of alignment or that feeling of it, it lights me up, it resonates so much deeper with everyone else. So just mm-hmm. kind of it's, but it all starts with those simple projects, those simple processes of just asking yourself like a simple list. And I, I know everyone can do like what lights me up exercise for me, like as a generator, it's so easy. And even like one of my manifestor girlfriends, like, no, every type has that same kind of, but it's, it's really learning what, what, where does it light you up? Where are you feeling it for? So for me, it's like a gut response where it's mm. like, yes or no, yes mm-hmm. or no. But, and I'm sure you could give your input of like, as a projector, like what, how you navigate that too. Yeah. <laughs> waiting to be invited. And but it's the same thing where it's like, you know, you wait for the invitations that light you up. There's going to be a lot of invitations. Like I've gotten quite a few where I'm like, oh, that does not feel good to me. But I appreciate you asking me to do that or to participate. And then there are others like there's one with a, you know, a program that I'm hopeful to launch this year. But like, I've gotten a lot of invitations around it, but it's taken time for me to make sure that it feels yeah. aligned. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, yeah, like that feels really, really good. <laughs> yeah. So, and the thing about human design too, is that, you know, we talk about that in the the episode with Aaron Claire Jones, but like what Caitlin is saying is that it's so unique to who you are. So it's not so much like saying like, oh, you're a Virgo, you're a Cancer, you're a Scorpio. It's, it's very specific, um, based on your birth time. So like Caitlin's a generator, you might be a generator, but like Caitlin broken down is going to look very different for how you might look, which is where like that true pieces of the authentic self can really shine through. Absolutely. Yes. I love that you said that. Cause yeah, a lot of times we get like a generalized, Mm -hmm. um, based off our energy type, but there is like the profile number and your gates and your channels. And, and if you feel overwhelmed, just book like a one-on-one re I can't recommend it. And the money Mm -hmm. is so worth it. it. Booking with 
someone who who can just explain all of that to you and even at, you get to ask them questions like how should I like how how can I tune into my intuition based mm-hmm. off of your chart they can give you the exact answer and that's mm-hmm. so beautiful and just having having those tools is such is such mm-hmm. a great like just hack to get to like oh this is what works for me and this is what doesn't and mm-hmm. it really wasn't until I understood my chart that I now looking back on like how I found this place, it had so much to do with me as an individual and how mm-hmm. I got here. And, and so I can't, I, yeah, I can't recommend it enough mm-hmm. to finding the path that works best for you mm-hmm. as an individual. I just hired Erin Claire to do a blueprint and it's like a 40 page PDF of you individually. Uh-huh. I am like counting down the days. It takes like six weeks because it's so intricate, obviously, but I'm like, that's going to feel like Christmas. I can't wait. Oh my God. I know. Well, and you do a lot of, um, okay. So I actually want to get, I want to segue into work. Um, and you know, just like the work that you're putting out there for everyone and you do, um, virtual fitness, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I know that you do holistic fitness, so I want you to touch on that, but you also do, I don't know if if you still offer this, but, um, workouts for, human design types. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That was something that I was doing. And I, it's, I kind of scaled back because I, but I still, I still love to do it because I have a free PDF actually that it has like your, based on your profile type, Mm -hmm. like the best way to tune into your body and Mm -hmm. physical movement based off of that, because like, Oh God, it's so, it's so, it's so crazy to me, especially like hearing projectors that are like, I used to do like marathons and do all these things are, I feel like would be so draining mm-hmm. as a projector, but like, but like a manifesting generator, it's easy. And yeah. it's, it really just, um, yeah, but I, I do holistic. So I have like a virtual studio and I call it holistic fitness because I used to own a brick and mortar studio in Phoenix and I did personal training and we had incredible like wellness and spirituality events and got to collaborate with uh, Almost 30 and Holisticism and all these really incredible people that would cross through town. And I, what was always a big thing for me, and especially with women, is the patterning that I saw when it came to fitness. It goes so much deeper than a physical goal. And I just wanted to bring that on an online platform to help as many women as I can just mm-hmm. connect to their bodies. I really go through the movements where you should you you should be feeling it why you should be feeling it there because I never with everything I create I always want it to be this experience where you don't need me I hate a program where it's like a guru kind of thing where you need that person I want to teach you the tools so you can do this on your own so that if I disappear or stop doing that Mm. you have the understanding of like why your body is feeling that or why this thing works a certain way and that to me is so so important and it just really was it, each video too. This is how I started getting into the meditations. Cause I never thought I could do like guided meditations, but at the end of each workout, I would do a guided meditation and just channel through whatever was coming to me. And people were really resonating with that. And so I'm like, I guess I should start recording these and like putting them out and seeing if people like them and if it feels good. And it's just, it's fitness is so much deeper than just a physical goal. And, and it's, it can be, it's something that changed my life because I had, it, I had no relationship with my body. I hated my body. I'd wanted nothing to do with it. And so it really, really is such a beautiful chance to get to honor your body, see the strength, set these goals and watch how your body not transforms physically, but how like you gain strength or endurance or 
just having that respect and love for your body in a new way that maybe you never knew was possible. So I really love it. I love the fact that you're doing this fitness. And then, like you said, closing out with the meditations, it's almost like you're like sealing the work that you did in such like a deep integral way. I think that's really, really beautiful. And sister, you have a voice like butter. You were made to do (laughs) these meditations. I've listened to quite a few. Um, yeah, you're so great at it. And Caitlin actually recorded a short meditation for all of you that I'm going to include at the very end of the episode. So you can stay tuned for that when the show is over. Um, okay. So I want to talk about shifting careers because like you said, you own the brick and mortar and then now you're doing all of this really yummy soul work. So money is taboo, which I find disheartening because it's something that we all think about daily. Um, so how has your relationship to money and abundance shifted since creating this type of soul work? Oh, I love that question. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, so I was always someone that struggled with, I had such a lack mentality and really had this old conditioning from my parents that because I chose an unconventional route of owning my own business or it being a business that I loved that I could never make money from it and that was something that really hindered the studio especially because I had such a hard time thinking that I could make money from mm-hmm. doing what I loved and so I I was always it's so crazy because because since doing this all the turning everything into soul work and and really creating these workshops from a place of this is totally in alignment to me and what's coming from my soul and not being attached to defining it as successful based off of X amount of dollars. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this workshop was successful because it sold this much stuff. It's like, no, the success comes from the email that where the woman writes it, where a client writes in and says, this changed my life. This helped me in this way. This did this. I, or like this, the fitness studio where it's like, oh my God, I've never felt like this in years. This is so amazing. Like that's where success comes from. And I remember it was like most recently in like the past few months, just shifting my mindset from abundance being solely on a financial viewpoint of like, I am abundant because I have this much money in my bank account or this much money coming through the workshops and really changing it into into looking at like, I have abundance because I get to live here and I get to work from home and I have all this time and I get to create on my terms and I don't have someone telling me what to do and when to do it. And I'm not unhappy. And I get to work with women that I just, I feel so connected to and I get to help people. And like that to me is so abundant and it's crazy because as soon as that shifts and that becomes my focus, then the finances come in easily. Like Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be taken care of when I shift abundance to not just dollar signs it's not just dollar signs Mm -hmm. like it's connection and it's it's so much deeper and so I feel so grateful but that's it's a lot of a lot of conditioning that Mm -hmm. I had to work through because that is not the mindset that I grew up with and Mm -hmm. so there is still times where that inner voice comes up where it's like really like really Caitlin do you really think that and it's Mm -hmm. like no I'm, I'm going to choose to believe that because otherwise it's especially as a small business owner and a creative or a creator, it can be so up and down and just, I, I just, I so deeply trust the process now and know that this is coming from a soul place and find like financially, I'm always going to be taken care of Mm -hmm. and I have exactly what I need right now. And 
that's it it that's it but yeah a lot of work around that conditioning that otherwise says otherwise yeah and I imagine that it shifted the way that you spend and like take care of your money that you have now too and the difference in lifestyle compared to when you were living in the city no doubt makes a difference but um I think it's so easy to be tempted by living in like a major city or having access to things all of the time has that has that played a role in your life at all like knowing that things aren't as accessible to you yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. probably it can yeah. probably be hard yeah. but also really beautiful too yes yeah so the hardest thing for me like when I lived in the city and it sounds so silly but like I loved going to like Whole Foods on a Friday mm-hmm. night and like treating myself to like some bougie like kombucha or something that was like oh I've never tried this before just that to me was such a treat and like such a luxury and felt so good and so out here we clearly don't have that we barely have anywhere to like go out to eat so like I really don't have any of that anymore and it's great because it's really 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 for me, it's shifted now into growing my own food and buying locally sourced meat. And like that to me is the new luxury of like, mm. ooh, this like, or like I bought like a handmade soap the other day and that to me felt so luxurious. So like when I do give myself these little treats, the treats have changed and it's much different oh, and it has made that. me appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I like such an appreciation for like handmade ceramics now oh. and just these beautifully We share that. <laughs> Yeah. I was emailing you. I'm like, I am so mad at you. I just bought like three of these. I know. Yeah. I love that. Just shifting the mindset of like what, what luxury meant to you then and what it means to you now. I love that. I love that so much. Um, so you, I want to talk about social media because you recently took a break and your email, you sent an email, I think yeah, it was the, like, a letter from the heart. So if you guys don't follow Caitlin's email, too, I really encourage you to sign up. It's, like, maybe once every two weeks or so or just when you feel called. Um, they're just, like, the most beautiful emails. Um, and you sent that one, and it was equal parts heartbreaking and equal parts inspiring. And I was just so moved by your reasoning for stepping back. So can you tell us a little bit about that time and what you learned from it? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was crazy. So I... It, it was kind of during the time where I was struggling with kind of having that attachment to I'm, I'm creating these things from this sole place and financially they just felt like they, like it wasn't landing with people anymore. Like I, what I was doing felt like it wasn't resonating with people anymore. And I, social media became this thing where every bit of my life felt like it was content like, Oh, this beautiful picture, oh, this beautiful video. And like, I wasn't in the moment anymore. And it felt like whenever I wasn't showing up on there, it, my like bank account would take a direct hit because people wouldn't buy the workshops. But as soon as I would show up, then people would like buy it again. And so that it was just this really, it felt like this really unhealthy relationship where it was, it was, I just felt drained and depleted. And, and it also became a world of like, when you are so in nature, it almost feels like the matrix sometimes online. And, and, and it felt like it, this was, I was living in this phone and I wasn't out here anymore because I had to like, I have to make money. I have to make money. I have to pay my bills. And just that condition was like totally taking over. And so it was really just one night. I just knew I was like, it's time for you to take a break. Like you have to take a break because you're totally drained and depleted and you're so unhappy and you have to, it has to be longer than a week. So I was like, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to do a month. I'm going to take a month off of social media 
And that to me was really scary because that's how I make money. That's how I, like, that was where my career was like coming from. And so I, but I knew I had to do it. And I, I knew I had, it was just that knowing again, like I have to do this. So I took, I took a month off and it was really with the intention too of wanting to stop working for myself. Like I was like, I'm done working for myself. I don't want to create these things anymore. Like it just, I'm done with wellness. Cause I felt, I, I was so angry too, before I took the break where it was like, I don't know why I just felt so angry with things I was seeing in the wellness industry. And it's, it's now a trillion dollar industry, which in some ways is great, but other ways there's a lot of sneaky marketing just to make money and it's preying off people's like fears. And, and that to me was really disheartening to see, cause I came into wellness. I started through organic farming and it changed my life. And that's how, like, I, I just, I felt like it was this like pure precious area of my life. And then watching it evolve into this like mm-hmm. mega business was really hard for me. And so I just felt angry and all these things. And so taking a month off the first week is kind of like, whoa, this is great. I have a break from like, everything. so much time. And then by week, <laughs> yeah. and then week two, you're like, Oh, okay. This is like weird. You start to like miss the people that you have authentic connections with via social media and just getting I love getting to see people's lives and like what they're doing and what they're up to and what's inspiring them and 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 so then like week three was like oh this feels this feels super weird and like what do I want what am I doing what's my next steps and like not knowing and be okay the work shows up yeah (laughs) and then yeah and then it was another week and then so by the time I came back I just felt like Oh, I felt cleansed and I felt excited to be back and excited to use in a way to connect with people again. I love that connection aspect. I went through and did a deep cleaning of like who I followed and didn't feel guilty that I'm like, I just unfollowed anyone that didn't feel like I felt like I was following them to for just not in a reason that was in alignment for me because I had to, or because they followed me or whatever it may be. Or they're be. in your industry or. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so I was like, I, I cleaned house and I just, I, I show up on there when I feel inspired and I take breaks when I don't feel inspired. And it's, it's, yeah, I, I, it's the best. It was like one of the best things I ever did. And then, and then all of this happened. It's just so crazy. Cause then everything happened with COVID-19 and, and wellness was something I wanted to completely step away from and just be done with. And once this all started happening, it was like, it everything and especially after taking the break it was like everything changed where it was like Mm -hmm. I I want to help people now more than ever and Mm -hmm. I I don't know what that looks like and I still don't really know what that Mm -hmm. looks like and so I just follow the things that light me up where it was like okay I'm gonna do guided meditations and I'll make some for free and I'll make some that I charge for and like see how people feel from them and how it resonates with them and and that's been really great and people have been really loving the coffee tonics lately so it's just like doing things I love and then seeing how people react and what what everyone needs right now and how mm-hmm. can I support like how can I support you and like that's a question that I ask myself every day and I ask sometimes on social media is like how can I support you like I just want to be this outlet and for right now too it's so funny on social media the biggest thing I've been getting the past week is people thanking me for showing nature because it feels so good right now Mm -hmm. when they're when we're all cooped up and like that to me I'm like okay cool that's my role right now it's like Mm -hmm. to show everything around me it's not to like get on and talk about myself or talk about my shit it's to like show this beautiful space and help people in that way and that's okay that I don't make money from it that's not Mm -hmm. my biggest concern it's like how can I show up for people Mm -hmm. that's I mean I can relate to that so deeply even just from the podcast like once this happened I just felt so called to 
record, 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 and record with the right people Mm -hmm. and, like, the right messages. Um, And for me as a projector, too, being seen is really, really, really important. It, like, is basically a direct reflection of someone seeing my soul. So Mm -hmm. what I noticed was that, like, I was getting so much recognition from the podcast. And so I was like, okay, I don't have – if I don't do anything else other than record, A, it feels in alignment, and B – it's supporting people in some way, even if it's small, even if it's just because they get like an hour of listening to someone really inspiring, like done. Great. I've done my piece. So I can relate with that so deeply. I love that. Um, I wanted to actually, I wanted to read, um, a small piece of the email that you sent out. Cause I would love for people to hear it. And then I want to dig into it, but you said on days or weeks when clients are leaving the virtual studio, not booking any sessions, purchasing any workshops, or unfollowing. It can feel like a direct reflection of my worth because I always make it a point to share my most authentic self on there. I don't ever mark it in a way to prey on fears or promise results to pressure anyone into buying or create this falsehood that I have everything figured out and that you need me to help you figure out your next steps. I love that. I simply show up in the way that feels most authentic to me, and guess what? I'm not for everyone. 70% of the time, I'm cool with it and logistically understand how the world works. And 30% of the time, my sensitivity takes over and it feels like too much. When I read that, it of course made me sad. And this was like the place that you were in. It's so human. Um, But it also gave me this incredible sense of relief. I remember reading it and being like, shit, I am not alone. Like I have those same (laughs) thoughts. So again, this is why I praise your vulnerability so much because you just by expressing what's working and what isn't is healing for the collective, me included. So I'd love to dig into this a little bit, that feeling of not being for everyone and the tough lesson that comes with being a business owner. And like you said, 30% of the time, it's so hard, especially when to your core, all you want, like your desire is to help others. So how have... How have you in this present moment been leaning into that reality and finding acceptance? Mm. I would say the biggest thing I just recently had, like, um, I reflected back on a human design reading again to talk about it that I just had, but I have a three, five profile. So one of the Me things too. like you do, yeah. okay, relate <laughs> to this. That's so crazy. One of the things that we're here to do is share our experience. Like mm-hmm. that's one of our like biggest purpose here on this earth is to share our experience. And so for me, it's so, and it's so interesting that like that part of the email resonated so deeply because it was just my experience at the time. And like, for me, I would shame myself. Like no one wants to hear you talk about yourself or I would, I would get like, so I would hide a lot of my experience. Cause I just like, who wants to hear that? But like, and just keep myself small in that way. And understanding that as part of my purpose to share my experience as authentic as I can is really, it was just really reassuring and knowing that that's the right, that's the right thing for me. And it, it was, I was in such a place where, because I'm so sensitive, it was so, it, it felt really, really hard sometimes where, and I almost felt this was a part of the anger that I felt where it was like, I'm showing up as my most, uh, most authentic self and people are rejecting me for it. And that, and I have such like a childhood wound too of rejection. So that's like the biggest mirror of like, this, this is your, reject- your rejection trigger coming up. And like logically knowing like you're not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. And that's totally cool. But on those days when you're sensitive and you're like, oh, people really didn't like that. It's just like, 
a stab to the heart. So I would feel ang- I was feeling angry before I left where like you see someone who has created this role as like a guru or hides behind beautiful marketing. And it's like, if they're rejected, it's not really, they're not being really rejected for who they are. They're like playing a role and fulfilling mm-hmm. a role. And so for me, it felt like I'm showing up as myself and people don't like it. Mm-hmm. And like, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that every day, but some days it felt like that, where it was just that, that feeling of rejection. And then, but just honoring, I've, I recently have been really into Eckhart Tolle and all of his teachings mm-hmm. and just being present with those emotions and feelings. And it almost like completely, it doesn't always completely dissolve them, but just having mm-hmm. presence with like, okay, I'm feeling really triggered right now and I'm feeling really rejected. And it, that almost gives me a sense of peace in itself of like, okay, like how, how can I, how can I lean into this more? And it's, yeah, it's, and it's, it also feels, it's also great. Like what I love about like communicating that in a newsletter is I had a few responses of people who are like, I feel the same way. Or I have a few different friends who are small business owners and they're like, I feel that way too. And it's like by sharing these experiences, not only for me, but we all get this greater sense of community of like, oh shit, I'm not alone. That feels so Mm -hmm. good to know I'm not alone in these feelings. I'm like, oh, so it's such a I'm not doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. But, and just knowing that it's like, it's, it's part of the wave and it's like some days are high and some days are low and it's everything will pass at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, the high days and the low days will pass. So it's just kind of having peace with and presence with what is at the moment. So, Mm -hmm. and it goes back to that, like abundant mind shift too, where it's like, you know, you could be in the thick of feeling so unworthy or rejected. And then you get that one, I mean, you get that one email or that one ping on Instagram of someone like recommending you to someone else or sharing what they're uh-huh. doing. And you're just like, what else matters? Nothing. Nothing. Truly. Nothing. I, I love feel too, that. Like I love when I recommend something and like, it's another small business owner, mm. especially like a woman owned business. And someone messages me and they're like, I bought this thing or I booked with this person. And I get so happy that, mm. that they get to experience that. And, and I'm helping support another small business. And you're right. It's like, it means so much as an, as a small business owner and as a creator, those those messages, those DMs, what seems like something so small to some people, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just like messaged them and said, I like that thing. Like, no, it means so yeah. fucking much. Cause yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember there's been like, there was like a couple times where I was like, oh, cool. Like, because they did that, hopefully other people will start following along or whatever. And now I think that I, when I had that sort of mentality, I knew that I wasn't very in a lot in alignment with what I was doing. I think I was still pretty unsure. And now that I'm pretty rock solid in my message, those come in now. And I'm just like, I'm just, I don't even care if other people don't follow along. That, that would be great. Cause like the bigger the collective, the more change we can make or whatever. But it's more of like, just, yeah, like each person individually at a time, just like honoring that one person who's who's seeing you and who's, um, who's absorbing the message and it's resonating with. So yeah, I don't know for anyone who can relate to Caitlin and myself, uh, we see you. (laughs) We see you. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it's like really with my newsletter is where I put in a lot of my heart and soul. That's like kind of my safe space to like really do a lot of the writing that I crave to do. (laughs) And so when I get unsubscribers, I'm like, <laughs> that hurts so bad especially when they can tell you why they unsubscribe I'm like do you have to like can you just be like 
No, I'm just unsubscribing. It, that is like something that I am so apparent that I need to keep working on within my worth. Because if I'm not careful, I take it on as a direct reflection, like you've said. And I just don't, it's not worth it to me to take away from the people who are benefiting from the message because some people, it wasn't for them. Like, that's just such a disservice to both ourselves and the people who are benefiting. So I try to remind myself of that. It's so true. And this is probably like not a good business tip, but like for me, it's, I am the same way if it's like an unsubscriber or, um, unfollow, or even looking at like, I never look like if I ever look back on my stories, I have done this for over a year and it's the best thing. And it's the biggest thing I can recommend because I'm just, this is what's allowed me to be my most authentic self on social media is I always cover and I've never look at who views my stories. I cover the numbers. So I never know when people drop off. I never know who's looking at it. It's not your ex-boyfriend or your ex-friend that's still like following you or like that person that ghosted you. It's like, I never know any of that. And for me, it's like, I, I give myself grace that like, I may never get to a point where I feel completely okay with like people not resonating with me, mm-hmm. but I know it takes away from my creative process when I give in to like those analytics too much. Absolutely. So for me, I just create the space of like, okay, I'm not going to look at it because I know it will start taking away from the people that I do mm-hmm. resonate with. And at some point, hopefully I'll get to a point where I could like bring on another person that looks at the analytics and that's their job. But like for yeah. me, it's just not worth my energy because yeah. it will take away and create this spiral. And instead of feeling like, I have to do some kind of work around it. It's just kind of like having that boundary with it. Like this doesn't make me feel good and that's okay. I could not have said that better myself. I actually just went through something recent, like very recently. And, you know, I think kind of what Caitlin and I are talking about, I hope anyone who's in the same situation can use this as a time to really go inward and reflect and see if you can relate because I, you know, I have a blog and I, I really, I really do like it, but it's becoming less about, like, like I said, the newsletter is really where I can, like, chime in and write, and the blog is more like, okay, there's some, like, affiliate links, and this kind of, like, keeps my electricity on, and I'm grateful for it, um, but I got into this rabbit hole of, like, I need to be better about SEO, and I need to learn everything there is to know about SEO, and it was taking away from the content I was writing because it had to be so SEO heavy, and I hired someone to, like, optimize the post, which is okay to do as a business owner. That's, like, logical, whatever. But to your point, it was completely stripping away the reasoning behind the content. And my brain was so filled with like, is it good enough? Is it going to rank? Will it reach enough people? And literally yesterday I had the worst anxiety and I was like, fuck this. I appreciate SEO. It is great. But like you said, it might be something down the road where I need to like have someone deal with and like not even think about and just create and push it out. But I just became so, so hypersensitive towards it. And it like became my, my mission. And that is not my aligned mission. So I love, I love that you touched on that because that is just so real. And that's a really good wake up call to just step back and be like, okay, it might work for some people. This is not how I want to operate my business. This is not my calling. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I took a few business classes this past year and it was very heavy on like email marketing, SEO mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And so I felt like, oh, I have to do this to be successful. Mm-hmm. And then you're right. It just completely takes over your headspace mm-hmm. and your energy. And it's all you think about. And it's like, this isn't why this isn't for like, this is not a good place for my energy to go. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. There's not one way to run a business. Right. And and yeah, that just honoring that and knowing that in yourself and mm-hmm. just being like, and some people thrive off it and love it and, and, like some lo- and get like so geeked out and like, and that's, that's so great. For them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not for me. Well, and I even emailed you, um, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, but like I was putting off even switching to Squarespace because everyone was like, but the SEO isn't as friendly as WordPress. And I'm like, okay, but like, I'm very, I'm all about aesthetics. That's like a huge piece of my human design chart as well is like aesthetics are so visually stimulating to me and I feel most drawn to Squarespace and like I'm trying to do more one-on-one offerings and it's just set up better and I've been putting that off because I'm like oh but the SEL like that's so silly (laughs) so I'm actually hurting my business right by like letting myself be crushed (laughs) yeah we could talk about this forever um so If you heard that, that was my hangers because I'm in a closet. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to close out with what I call rapid fire questions. However, please take your time because I'd love to hear your answers. Okay. So in this season of life, what are you most grateful for? Mm. Oh my gosh. It's the, yeah, it's nature. It's nature in the space that I'm in. It's the one thing that when life feels crazy that I just, I'm like, look around, look where you're at, look around, look where you're at. And Mm -hmm. like, that's, that's like my only mantra is like, look around and look what you like, look where you're at. So yeah, by far. I always say, look up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if you're feeling like swallowed or suffocated, I'm like, oh, just look up. The world's big. (laughs) What is something that you value about yourself? Hmm. It would be my sensitivity because it was something that I rejected for so long. And now it's, it's such a gift. And I, I hated that I could feel other people's energy. I hated that. I, I could like, I was intuitive. I hated that. I had these gut feelings about things. And now it's the one thing that I value. So I'm like, it's a gift. Your sensitivity and your softness mm-hmm. is such a gift. Mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed. She has this mm-hmm. piece in there where she says, the opposite of sensitive isn't brave. It's insensitive. Ooh, and I, I love that. that so much. Ugh. So she's touching on like being sensitive is actually really, really brave. It's vulnerable. It's totally, being vulnerable. And yeah. that is a gift. Yeah. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm an early bird. Okay. I love the morning. It's my favorite. Oh, it's my favorite time. I used to be a night owl and, and, I, but now I just, I love the morning when it's quiet and like the birds are out and the sun's coming up and like soaking up that early morning sun is so yummy. It's so good. And you meditate on your porch with your beautiful dogs. It's so crazy. (laughs) Okay. So the next question is coffee or tea, but I feel like I know the answer to this already. Coffee. (laughs) What's your favorite tonic from your book? Uh, I'm sorry. What's your favorite tonic from your recipe book? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the chamomile with the rose. So there's mm. one with lavender in there as well. And lavender, oh, but the chocolate's really good too. Oh. Like, don't make me choose. I'm not going to. Yeah, you don't have to. It depends on the day. Okay, if I'm like wanting something a little more like floral, it'd be mm-hmm. the chamomile and rose coffee. But if it's like I want something richer and I'm like hormonal around yeah. my cycle, it's like the chamomile and cacao with like coconut butter. It's like, mm, it's, it's like a dessert, but not at all. It's mm-hmm. so good. What is your morning routine? 
Mm, my morning routine is so most days I get up, I get up with the sun and then I go down, I sleep upstairs and then I go down, let my dogs out. They get a morning carrot every morning. So I, I give them their that. morning carrots. <laughs> and then I make myself a coffee tonic and we go out on the porch and we, oh, now that it's not winter, we can do this. So I'm so, this is like the best morning now. <laughs> um, so we go out on the porch and we just take in like the sun. I drink my coffee tonic. I meditate. Sometimes I haven't been doing a lot of guided meditations for like, I haven't been listening. And I think, especially now that I'm recording, I don't ever want to accidentally mm. like repeat stuff that I hear. So mm-hmm. I've just been meditating to like the sound of the grass and the wind on my skin and the sun on my hair and just really sensory as much of like nature and yeah. her elements and like taking in my tonic and really being present in each moment. And then I usually, after that, I grab, right now I'm on, I'm almost done with The New Earth from Eckhart Tolle. So I read a little bit of that each morning. I love to do just like a little bit of morning reading. And then what do I usually do from there? Sometimes I'll work out after that, but generally, generally I'll just like take a shower and kind of get my day started. I've been really back into Alexa Smart Flower Remedies. So like Mm. I'll do, I'll start that in the morning, which I love and um, some mornings I pull like a tarot card if I feel like I'm needing just like a little Favorite. bit of guidance for the day. Yeah, <laughs> I love pulling. And then just like checking in with myself. I mean, mm-hmm. like what? It's so funny because my boyfriend will be like, <laughs> every time he like sleeps over, he's like, what are you up to today? And I'm like, whatever I want to, like whatever's exciting me today. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of do that check in every morning, like what sounds good to you today? And so, and then I just follow that for the rest of the day. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So then what about your evening routine? If you have one. <laughs> Yeah, evening's a little bit more relaxed. It's, yeah, I feel like that's kind of up and down. So sometimes it's like watching a little show on Netflix or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But most nights it's making just like a chamomile tea for bed. I like to have like an evening drink. So sometimes I'll do a tonic, but if I'm tired, then I'll just do a tea. Mm -hmm. And then light like an incense, go upstairs. I've been really into listening, re-listening to a lot of the like super soul conversation with Oprah and just kind of like falling asleep to that. Just like these beautiful conversations and relaxing in bed and that's it. It's really simple. So good. What is your life motto? Mm, Oh, do I have a If you have one, yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think for a lot of people too, just like ebbs and flows, you know, with like the day or the month, the season. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I, like the phrase I always kind of repeat to myself is like, is like growing and learning and evolving. Like I always repeat Mm. that to myself, especially when life feels really hard. It's Mm -hmm. just like how, how can I grow through this is like always the question I ask, whether it's a good, quote unquote, good or bad. I don't like to like black and white them, but like when I'm going through anything, it's just like, how can I grow through this and learn and keep just, yeah, just keep learning and evolving. Yeah. What's your spirit animal? Is it shaman? (laughs) (laughs) I, it's so funny because before I felt like I would always say koala because they just like Aww. like to sleep and eat and chill in nature. But now it's for sure a horse. I'm yeah. just like, oh, oh, like I oh, they're so there's it's so wild, like how you're saying how deeply intuitive they are. Like there's been so many times where I'll just like place my hand on shaman's like side and I'll just like tear up with emotion. Like they're so mm-hmm. powerful and beautiful and him especially like he's just 
he's just this beautiful like manifestation of masculine and the most loving like it's so hard to describe but I think it's the reason why people resonate so deeply with Mm -hmm. him when I even just post a video of him it's like he has this power and beauty within Mm -hmm. him that's just like oh so good yeah my sister lives on a ranch and has like four horses so ever since I was little she was like because I would always be a little afraid and, you know, they're just very big. And she was like, you know, it's good It's good to be, like, aware of your surroundings, but also recognize that these are some of the most, if not the most, magical animal on this planet. Mm-hmm. So I've always I had this, like, that. intense respect for them. And I think that kind of shows, too, where I'm like, I, I don't really fully understand you, so I'm just going to give you your space. And I think they totally. appreciate that. They're like, good, you stay yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were a color, what color would you be? Oh, what color would I be? That's a good question. I feel like it'd be, I always think of like yellow. I feel like it'd be like a light yeah. yellow. I feel like it's like a generator thing too, where it's just this like little, like when I'm lit up by something, yeah. I just, I turn into a little kid where I'm just like, eee, I'm so excited. It's <laughs> yeah. like so that. much energy. So I feel like it'd be something like bright, like a light yellow. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that breaks your heart? Hmm. Uh, the biggest one, and I know it just comes from working with women is like the, the biggest thing that breaks my heart is like that lack of compassion and love for, for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy, especially I've noticed it, especially with like a lot of the moms that I, that I work, that I work with. It's like, God, we're so fucking hard on ourselves. I just think as women, like we're so hard on ourselves and so much of that has to do with conditioning, but it just, it breaks my heart when I see someone, especially a woman who is just doubting her worth, doubting herself, keeping herself small, keeping herself Mm -hmm. in situations that are, that are abusive or toxic or harmful and just thinking that's all they're worthy of and all they deserve. And that to me is just like, Oh, the most soul crushing, heartbreaking thing. And I think especially because I've been at that end of the spectrum, it's like, how can I pull you out of that? And just like, oh, how can I get you out of that? Because you deserve so much more, so much more. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. What song or musician is on repeat for you right now? Ooh. Oh my God. You what make amazing gonna... playlists, by the way. They're so good. <laughs> I love playlists. I love creating playlists. I'm trying to think of what I've been playing lately on repeat. Ooh. I've, like, this morning I was actually, I've been playing a lot of, like, I love, like, 90s and 2000s, even a little bit before then. I love, like, old school rap. And oh, so, when so I'm good. Feeling, yeah. As of lately, I've been playing a lot of old school rap, which is really funny So just... I've just been, it just makes me like playful and silly and dance and like, just, I don't, I don't know. I go through, I go through such phases and it depends on like the time of day. And, but that's just been like, whenever I need to get my energy up and just Mm -hmm. laugh and be playful and silly, it's just like, turn on some old school rap that just makes you want to dance. And And it just, it really helps you just not take yourself too seriously. Like energetically, you can't. When exactly. something like that is playing yeah. in the background. And I have so much serious music that's, like, beautiful yeah. for meditation and so relaxing. But sometimes it's sometimes fun to just have this, like, right. mainstream totally. old school rap that just, like, makes <laughs> you, yeah, you can't take yourself seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite book? Mm. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm going to say 
I'm, I'm going to say a new earth because it's, mm-hmm. it's what I'm reading now. And I've really been taking my time with it and just digesting the chapters and then listening to Oprah and Eckhart Tolle's like conversations together has just been, it's been so, it's just been so instrumental and, and his teachings are so good and just mm-hmm. being present with everything that we're, and I think especially now just has just the gift of presence right now is so, so important. So yeah. I love that right now. He's incredible. Anyone who's pinged by that or is intrigued, you, it is something, it's so worth the read, but you do have to be patient. It's a little totally. bit of like, it can feel like you're decoding at first for me yeah. anyway, because he's just yeah. so otherworldly and intelligent. Um, but really it's, it's worth every single page that you have to reread three times I think so good yeah. I think so too and yeah, yeah and if it feels if it feels like uh, like the decoding like you said the the Oprah has mm. a whole mm-hmm. they go through each chapter of a new earth on her podcast from like a year or two ago I didn't and so know that, that Oprah makes everything digestible so totally. like if it does feel like heavy it's like listen to those at the same time and you're like ooh, it goes even oh, deeper amazing. and just like breaks it down okay. and it's so so good okay I'll link that I didn't know that she did that that's so great if you could go anywhere in the world once COVID-19 is healed where would you go Mm. you're like I'm here (laughs) that's so hard it's so hard because I'm such a home but like I'm not a traveler I'm such a home buddy so I feel like I'm here but I guess the one thing I would pick I would want to go to Romania where my boyfriend Mm. grew up because he speaks of it so dearly and I I would love to get to see like the place that he grew up Mm. and this small town and where his grandparents lived and I love experiences like that where it's like it's more than I mean it's more than just traveling gets to getting to see like part of who someone is would be really beautiful so I'll say that through their (laughs) eyes yeah that's amazing when you think of being human what's the first thing that comes to mind oh I would say, God, it's between like consciousness and vulnerability. It's really between the two. Yeah. And I think oh, kind of so well put, uh, yeah. <laughs> just kind of dancing between those two mm-hmm. of like, I mean, that's what makes humans so beautiful is we have this ability to be conscious and, and, and be vulnerable and connect. And yeah, ugh, those would be the two. Those would so be the good. Two. So good. So one more thing before you go, can you just shed a little bit of light on your curious living sessions? So maybe just speaking to what they are and who they might be for. Yeah. So they are one-on-one sessions that I originally designed because I, like you, I love a one-on-one connection. Like that was one thing that I was really missing from the workshops and the virtual studios. I wasn't getting to connect with people one-on-one anymore. So Mm -hmm. I created the curious living session. And again, it was like going kind of like going through that old conditioning of like, well, what skills, what are you certified in? What do you bring to the table, Caitlin? It was like, I, the thing that I kept hearing from people is that I have the ability to hold space for them. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create this session where it's, I'm just holding space for someone and I'll kind of let them guide me on what they want to talk about. And so I started to see a pattern from the sessions. And so 
And most of the time it's like, it really is tuning to like your own inner voice, helping, supporting someone through that, what that feels like, what Mm -hmm. that looks like. And then they evolved recently and now they include after our conversation, they, I record a guided meditation personalized just for them on what they're working through so they can listen to that daily. And that just takes their work so much deeper because you get so many aha moments in like a one-on-one session. And then it's like a few days later, it all kind of just like we go back to our regular lives of it kind of just going into the same routine. So I was like, I really want a way to support someone so they can keep integrating these lessons that we just had in this conversation and keep going deeper and deeper. And so that's been like my favorite part Uh, of having these like personalized meditations just for you. So it's not some like mass program. It's like, this is just for you and what you're working through. And just Mm -hmm. to take that even deeper feels so good. So called to do that. The day you Mm -hmm. put them out, I was like, Ooh, that feels like it's for me. Just waiting for the right time. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely have to do that. Well, where can people find you? I don't want you to leave without people hearing um, where they can follow along with you on the interwebs. On the interwebs. You can find me on Instagram at Caitlin Curiosity. And my website is Caitlin Curiosity. And that's Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. I know there's a million billion mm-hmm. ways to spell it. <laughs> but um, yeah, those are probably the two main places. I do have a YouTube too that I go back and forth on because I love making and editing videos. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're at all interested in like a more behind the scenes on like ranch life and yeah. cabin life and, and my view on like, you can kind of see, I mean, just my experience of like going through wellness. Cause I was like, I'm going to walk away from wellness and it's all on there uh, on YouTube at Caitlin curiosity as well. Something cool too. Cause like I've been following you for a while and you know, you're, you're just like a very calming presence. But what I love, too, about YouTube is I'm like, oh, she is silly as hell. Like, you are so funny. <laughs> and on YouTube, I think it's really cool to, like, see a lot of that come out in you as well. Um, but there's Thank definitely you. been many a time where I'm, like, laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah, you're super silly, it but it's funny. such a weirdo. And it was something that I got hid for so long. I'm like, this is who I am. I'm weird. Yeah. I'm goofy. I'm, like, and anytime I would watch anyone else's YouTuber, I felt like they weren't. I'm like, it feels like a version of yourself, but it's not everything. So I'm like, I'm just going to be, if I'm going to be on here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be me. Mm -hmm. And so every like video ends with like a blooper Blooper. reel of things I recorded where I'm just being a total weirdo. It's (laughs) It's my favorite part of the whole video. Cause I'm like, this is really who I, that is like my real essence right there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I wish I could hug you in real life. Thank you so much for taking the time and you are just such a magical human and I'm thankful that you're walking this planet and sharing all of your gifts with us. Mm, thank you so much for having yeah. me. This has been so wonderful. Of you're course. such a light and this podcast is such a light and so needed and mm. so beautiful. So I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So there you have it. My conversation with Caitlin Smith of Caitlin Curiosity. If you're interested, hang out for just a few more seconds. Caitlin's meditation is coming up and it is absolutely beautiful. Of course, you can always come back to this episode at any time and skip to the end of the episode to re-listen to the meditation. I'd like you to start by coming into a comfortable seated position. And when you're ready, gently closing your eyes. We're going to take just a couple minutes here to check in with ourselves. 
Let's start by taking three deep inhales in through the nose, expanding those lungs, filling that belly, holding here at the top for just two seconds. And as you exhale, let it out with a sigh. Two more times through. Big inhale through the nose, filling those lungs, holding for one and two, and let it out with a sigh. Your last time through and your deepest breath of the day. In through the nose, holding here at the top, and let it all out, releasing with a sigh. I'd like you to bring your right hand over your heart space. Your left hand rests gently underneath, gifting yourself this moment of tender touch, shifting your attention to this energetic exchange between your heart space and the palms of your hands. And I'd like you to whisper aloud, thank you, body. Taking notice of what comes up for you as you honor yourself aloud. Thanking your body for keeping you safe. Thanking your body for keeping you healthy. Thanking your body for giving you this gift of breath, connectedness. And whenever you feel those thoughts of uncertainty, any thoughts of anxiousness, worry, fear, fear of the unknowing, come back to this breath, come back to this body, dear one, come back to this place of home, this feeling of safety, this feeling of love. Stay here as long as you need or gently flutter your eyes open. Welcome home.